It's that time again. Time for the Cowboy Roundtable. Countdown to number two for 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. Tonight, we've got Ian McMacken, publisher of Go I.O. Go, and Cody Tucker, who's the publisher of 7220 Sports. So why don't we welcome to Cowboy Roundtable. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? Doing well, Jeff. Doing great. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Well, uh, Cody, we uh, appreciate uh, having you here. Um, uh, You uh, are making a big splash in the uh, sports uh, journalism world in Wyoming, and a lot of people are appreciating your work. And, of course, Ian has published the... um, uh, go Yo Go um, website. Now, how long have you been in that now? The website's uh, 15, 20 years now. And, wow, uh, has it been that long? Yeah, it has been. Wow. I think I took over the website uh, for Slider, who actually got it off the ground. I know Jeff was kind of involved early in that process with that. And then it really was, uh, really when I took it over is when that Josh uh, Davis, uh, Marcus Bailey team was starting to play really well. And then we had Vic Coning coaching us during that era. So I've been been a part of this for a long time. But uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm only the tip of the iceberg to what you're doing, Cody. <laughs> Believe me on that. <laughs> well, in those days, I was just a partying fan. So uh, well, I guess I wasn't partying too much during football season, but basketball sure was fun back then. Yeah, it was great. It was a great era of Wyoming sports. The uh, the trips to Las Vegas, the the NCAA tournament went over Gonzaga and stuff. So that was a very memorable time. And I think we're getting uh, we're really getting close to something in football. I I just can feel that this program and the excitement is beginning to really grow with the, with the program right now. And I can't lie, uh, Missouri uh, winning that game over Missouri was huge for seventy two twenty sports dot com too. I couldn't ask for a better way to kick things off than to win that and then to go two and zero. It was huge. I tell you what, uh, we're rolling now. We've got two and zero. They went down to Texas. Now, uh, I went down as a uh, fan. Uh, Cody, you went down there uh, as a working reporter. And mm-hmm. uh, so um, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about that game. But I tell you what, we had one other game. And I want to explain to our listeners, we didn't have a podcast after the Missouri game because I went and went and went to Texas on the Wednesday between the two uh, contests and was down there and didn't have a means to produce a podcast. So um, we don't have any uh, uh, tape or any uh, interviews from Missouri. But just real quick, um, that's got to be a signature win for the uh, Bowl uh, uh, Enterprise. And I was just wondering uh, if, uh, Cody, if uh, you would agree with that. Um, it was huge. It's a huge win anytime you can uh, beat an SEC school, especially one that's an 18-point favorite coming in. I don't think a lot of people picked Wyoming in that one because we just didn't know what to expect out of this Cowboys team, uh, more so than Missouri was going to be really good. Um, so that was a huge surprise, a huge pleasant surprise for people around here. Um, I've heard a lot of people say maybe that's the biggest win in program history. Um, 
I don't agree with that, but I, uh, I think it was big and I think it could be the thing that the linchpin for what bull wants to create here that he created in North Dakota. I agree. Uh, he, he needed that, uh, signature win for him, I guess. And so far, I, um, uh, I, I think that was it. And it really shows us that, uh, his recruiting, in my opinion, his recruiting is starting to turn around to where he can compete with these, um, uh, uh, bigger schools and get some good results, especially if uh, they play fairly mistake-free ball, which they did. And uh, so it was fantastic as uh, uh, as a uh, as a fan watching it. And uh, and you went to the press conferences and talked to the players. So uh, I think that uh, we can put that one in the book as what, if not the best win, if not the best win for. Um, the Cowboys. Uh, it was certainly a signature for um, this coach, this uh, uh, staff, I guess, if you wanted to say that. Yeah. You know, what was wild about it, Jeff, is that it wasn't a shock to the players. I mean, they, they preach that all week, but you hear that from players all the time. They expect to win. Uh, yeah. They had a nice little party in the locker room and it was a fun, raucous locker room afterwards, but they uh, they didn't come out and act like they shocked the world by any means. So that was kind of pleasant to see. And I talked to Craig Bull at Mountain West Media Days in Vegas, and I asked him, you know, why a year like this, when you lose two great safeties, for instance, why don't you go out and go the JUCO route? And it's because of stuff like this. He doesn't go off script because he wants to build a team that's young together, grows together, and sustains winning for four or five, six years, just like he did in Fargo. Yeah, that, I think that's a winning formula. Uh, sometimes trying to take shortcuts uh, just doesn't work out. We've uh, we've had some pretty good um, uh, JUCO guys come in here and uh, uh, some very good athletes, but uh, when they're homegrown and they're in the culture, I think that's just the way to do it. And uh, mm-hmm. he's very, very uh, insistent on that. Well, and getting a win against Missouri is key to that. I mean, you can talk that all you want, but until you go out and walk the walk, uh, it really doesn't matter. So that's why I think that was such a huge win for for Craig Bull and company. Well, let's put that one in the book since um, uh, they were 1-0. Now they uh, had to go down to um, San Marcos, Texas and play Texas State which suffered a, a kind of an embarrassing loss to A&M. It was 41-7, to 7, I think, somewhere in that realm. And it made it really, yep. it made it really look like the Bobcats were uh, really not that great of a team. But then when we went into, or Las Vegas weighed in, Wyoming was only a seven-point uh, favorite. And uh, that made me worried. I think they knew something that we didn't. Well, they needed to know that Wyoming was for real. Um I, I expect, you know, once you beat Missouri, that that obviously gets people thinking high expectations, right? You, you expect to go into San Marcos and roll. Um, that was a upstart team with a brand new coach playing in their home opener. It was about 5,000 degrees outside. Um, that's a tough win, man. That's a tough place to win. I was personally a little disappointed in the performance because beating Missouri makes those expectations so much higher. But uh, looking at that uh, uh, team from uh, uh, San Marcos, uh, they weren't bad. They had some really good athletes on that team. Oh, especially at the linebacker position. They really showed up. 
Cowboys didn't get it going on the on the run in the run game. They didn't get it going in the passing game again. Of course, um, it was a tough thirty minutes. That was a tough opening thirty minutes for the Cowboys. And and uh, you know you got to tip your hat to Texas State. They weren't going to roll over and die, and they didn't. One of the uh, features that I thought was uh, features of the game that I thought was encouraging was that we did show some adjustments in the second half, and uh, the defense started to cope with that passing game of theirs. Yeah, so I talked to first-year uh, defensive coordinator Jake Dickert this week and said, hey, man, wh- what's going on with the slow starts? You know, let's just be real here. What's going on? And he said, uh, bluntly, it's on me. I, I didn't know what Texas State was going to do. So we played it safe. We played it soft. We stayed in our lanes. We didn't do anything. We just wanted to keep things in front of us, which obviously they didn't keep things in front of them. They got burned. They had no pass rush. It was a really uninspired first 30 minutes. And, uh, boy, that second half, that was a different team. Uh, five sacks. And, of course, Tyler Hall is uh, not only a senior, he's a really smart, heady player. And uh, he obviously turned the game around with that pick six going 72 yards the other way. He expected – he told me after the game he expected that throw. He saw it earlier in the game. And this time he sat on it instead of, you know, fading back with the receiver. So he jumped that route. That's a smart senior play. He really turned it around, and the defense looked like a whole new animal. Uh, Dicker took the training wheels off and and unleashed them. And, uh, you know, let's just hope uh, they can put a 60-minute game together this Saturday. Well, it was certainly encouraging from standpoint of being on the road, hostile environment, and uh, being able to adjust. A lot of times it's frustrating with the Wyoming teams in the past that uh, you just don't see that adjustment or you can't tell they're trying to do something different. Uh, I know that the uh, fans, and I don't know about in the press box if you guys got any of this, but the fans were really frustrated in the first quarter with the offense because they were saying uh, uh, running up the middle, running up the middle, running up the middle. But I wonder if that was a a strategy to wear them down or is that just bull ball? Boy, I tell you what, I – I was a little shocked by that because all week they said, we're going to get the running or we're going to get the passing game going. We're going to get Sean comfortable. We're going to get him going. What do they do? They come out of the gate and run the ball nine straight times. To me, that was just, uh, that was on the coaches. That was, it's okay to wear a team down, but nine straight runs when you have a quarterback who only completed six passes in the opener, that to me showed very little confidence in, in chambers to get it going when instead they should have, in my opinion, should have gave him a high percentage throw to begin the game, at least on the first, what, five plays would have been nice, but nine plays in a row, and they didn't wear down the Texas State defense. Those nine, th- those nine runs didn't do much. No. So, and uh, it was, it was actually, I was, I was pretty disgusted with the play calling on that one, and not as a fan, as, as a reporter, just thinking, what are you doing? If they do that against Idaho, which they won't, I would hope, uh, well, you know, what do you what do you expect us to think about your belief in your quarterback? Yeah, that's um, that's a mystery. Uh, 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 Coach Vegan has gotten a rep of just run it up the middle, but I'm I'm wondering how much that is a function of Bowl as well in his philosophy. Well, everything goes through Bowl, and uh, I, I think it's a lot of Bowl. Um, and obviously, you know, every play is designed to score, right? You know, it's just there's another team over there and uh, they had some pretty good linebackers and that three, four defense uh, really let them show their athleticism. And they, they didn't give the Cowboys a lot of room to roam. How about you, Ian? What was your uh, initial impressions of the uh, Texas state game? Well, I think you guys covered it really well. Um, 
I, I, the Cowboys look like they came out lethargic to me. Um, they just didn't look like they had a lot of hop and step like they did the Missouri game. This is just a visual watching the game uh, on the TV or the big screen. I was at an alumni function down in Littleton, Colorado, watching and We were having streaming problems, by the way, because it was on the ESPN Plus. So that was frustrating to deal with that and get down in that game, uh, 14 to nothing or two. I mean, what was it, 14 nothing at one point or 14 to three? But the Cowboys just didn't look like they had a lot of a lot of pep and a lot of energy. Then then when they did throw the ball, as uh, Cody alluded to later, after running it nine times, uh, they didn't execute uh, some plays that I, you know, you know, put the ball on 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 target. You know, you get a first down there. And they had a couple deep passes that just uh, flipped off the fingertips of wide receivers. You know, just little things like that. But um, the second half, they came out and just uh, looked like they were they they had their backs against the wall. knew they needed to get this victory. They couldn't afford to lose it. Uh, played with more energy, but also I think that Tyler Hall interception uh, was a big part of that. And uh, so we did. Uh, I did see some positives in the game, uh, particularly in the second half. Uh, not. I don't think this is one of the Cowboys' better games they're going to play this year. This is one I was a little concerned about going in after the big win over Missouri. Uh, but it's great to get a victory, uh, uh, get the win, move on. We're 2-0 and and uh, get ready for our next opponent. Well, I was really impressed. It was hot down there. I mean, it was 100 degrees, uh, ambient temperature start the game. I can only imagine what it was like down there on that field. But um, uh, our guys seem to cope with that, so I don't think that the heat – uh, was a factor. I don't even think that um, I don't think that anybody um, uh, said that that was a factor. Uh, uh, does anybody think that that was a factor? Well, I don't Coach Bull didn't use that as an excuse at all. He said it was no factor. At least that's what he said. And Cody can probably allude to that a little bit with the post-game interview. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, Cody, wrap this one up for me. Do you think that um, uh, Wyoming uh, advanced any on that game, or do you think they stayed at the same? Or uh, what, did, what was your takeaway from that? Uh, my takeaway was in the second half when they let the guys go, uh, the defense was wonderful. Uh, five sacks, a fumble created, a, a pick six. Um let them go, let them, let them go, let them play. You know, they're good. If you let them play, they're going to make some mistakes. I'd rather have them playing and going all out making mistakes than playing soft and making mistakes. Plus I think as a defensive player, you want to play fast and you want to play loose. And when you got a harness on you in the first half, that's not a way to start a game, especially on the road. And I think uh, Dicker did a great job of stepping up and taking responsibility for that. Um, he said, definitely put it all on me. I did not let them go the way I should have. And I thought the offense, uh, the, like I like I keep harping on the nine straight runs, that was just a terrible way to start things, especially after you get a gigantic kickoff return for, from Tyler Hall, who doesn't get – you don't get many opportunities to return kicks these days, and he almost took it to the house. And then uh, when Roth misses a field goal, you're going, oh, boy, is this one of those days. So the heat wasn't a problem, so they say. Uh, Mario Mora said he expected it to be hotter. Um, they just played in the second half. Yeah. Excuse me. It was uh, it was quite evident, and uh, being one of the guys in the stands, um, it was very self satisfying, and uh, really really pleased by that. Uh, I tell you what, let's do a little transition here. Um, 
we're going to go on and we're going to play uh, Idaho. And uh, let's just give them a little props here. I'm going to I'm going to play something here. This is the Idaho fight song. So we're going to go into the Idaho game. They've now gone FCS. They um, determined earlier in the year that uh, they weren't going to stay independent uh, in the uh, FBS. So um, Wyoming is preparing for these guys. And uh, let's listen to um, Coach Bull's opening statement that his um, Monday presser. It's this time of year, and it's... Practice, 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 and then game, practice, 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 and game. It's a fun time to be a football coach. Um, you know, just reflecting on uh, Saturday's Saturday night's game, it was a game that uh, for me as a head football coach I had some real concerns with. Uh, certainly uh, the first time a young football team goes on the road, you don't know how guys are going to respond. Uh, coming off what would have been uh, perceived as a an emotional win against Missouri, how a football team's going to respond the next week. And, um, you know, I, I always felt that uh, Texas State would play much better against us than they showed against Texas A&M, and that was certainly the case. We, uh, we did some good things during the course of the game and thought we controlled the clock well offensively. We ran the football. We converted some third downs in the second half in particular, so that was good. I had a little bit of glitch there. But anyway, that was his opening statement. Um, Cody, you were there at the presser. Um, uh, what was uh, your impression of uh, Coach's assessment? Well, a lot of it obviously uh, revolved around Sean Chambers and his inability to move the offense in the passing game. Um, Bull certainly, you know, put a fair amount of blame on Chambers, but he also said the receivers are not having a, having as easy of a time running a difficult route tree is what he said. So um, these guys just aren't in sync. Uh, that was what a lot of it revolved around was just, hey, you know, 18 or 8 of 18, 103 yards. Of course, a lot of that came on a 44-yard, beautiful 44-yard pass to Gunner Gentry. Um, but, uh, that's, that was the concern coming out of that one. And it was a concern for bowl too, who says that they, uh, will be emphasizing all week long, the, uh, the passing attack. So, uh, you know, he said that before the Texas state game too. So I'm kind of just in wait and see mode myself. Well, uh, Ian, um, what do you know? Uh, you've looked at the, um, the Vandals. Um, what is your assessment of the team coming in here? Well, of all the teams the Cowboys have on their schedule, this is the most winnable football game for the Wyoming Cowboys, in my opinion. Uh, this is not a very strong overall football team. They were waxed by Penn State, struggled with the Division II team last week and didn't win. Uh, just, you know, moving from FBS down to FCS hasn't helped this program much at all. Um, I, and, and this is a game the Cowboys... Uh, can't you know I don't expect a Texas State replay where we we win the game by 11 points I expect the Cowboys to really do some business on Saturday on Idaho and uh, very similar to some of the scores of the past you know when we, when we had Texas State here a few years ago and beat them 45 to 10 I'm expecting uh, at a minimum that type of score but they're, they're kind of an interesting team because they 
I understand they have a 285 pound quarterback. Um, so they rotate quarterbacks. It sounds like they may rotate quarterly with these quarterbacks. Uh, their uh, other quarterback, a little bit more savvy athletic quarterback is the coach's son, Mason Petrino. Uh, they apparently have 240 pound running backs and they have some couple defensive tackles in that are in the 320 plus range. So this team seems to have a little bit size at some interesting positions. I think their strength, uh, for them would be their defensive line and linebacking core, even though their defensive line hasn't played well to this point. But uh, the one thing with them is they had a really weird game at Penn State. I mean, you're going out to Penn State. Uh, that's a skewed quite a bit when you're, you're getting beat 79 to 7 out there. And we know that that's a tough environment to play, especially at a school like Idaho. So a lot of their stuff is kind of skewed right now where they're at. But, uh, you know, I maintain, I, I follow this program closely through the last few years and uh, this is a game and I think the Cowboys should really quite frankly handle on Saturday so does it have the potential of being a trap game uh, Co- uh, Cody do you think uh, there's a possibility of that um no I think it would be catastrophic if Wyoming loses this game every good thing they've done so far would be right out the window this team should if Wyoming doesn't win this game by four touchdowns Um, and the passing game doesn't get going, uh, then my concern level goes way up. Even if you skate past this team, it's not going to be – you know, you put it this way, uh, last week in San Marcos, I was standing on the sideline. Wyoming walked off the field like a team that just lost. They expect a win now. They lose this game. It would be absolutely catastrophic. Yeah. I think the Cowboys had their trap game last week, quite frankly. And I don't think teams are going to have to – play that way not play up to expectation because listen to coach bull he wasn't completely happy with the way the team played on a general level and i just don't see the cowboys coming back you know the one thing there's going to be a great crowd uh, it's going to be the first time potentially wyoming's had two back-to-back twenty-five thousand uh crowds in a row at home in a long long time you're gonna have to go back a long time when you see wyoming get two crowds of that similar nature back-to-back home games so I think there's going to be a lot of excitement in the stadium I get a feeling this is going to be the type of team that plays really well at home this year if you know as long as that crowd's behind them they're going to play good and I expect them to play with a lot more energy than they did down down at Texas State so I would say I don't expect a trap game here well that's good that's good I um I just don't want to see a letdown and uh, as Cody mentioned uh that would be <laughs> catastrophic uh, a loss to this team uh, but then again, I'm a Wyoming fan, so I don't want to, you know, go too far over the edge and start beating my chest. So I'm going to reserve. I'm going to reserve a little uh, <laughs> fear just because. Just well, because of the my Cowboys interest. lose to Idaho, I might have to shut the go out go board down. Oh. It, 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 <laughs> that thing will be a mess. The the fans were tough enough after the Texas State game. I can only imagine <laughs> what it would be like uh, if if we lose that. But we're not going to lose that game. So um, Sunday is going to be an okay day for us. Well, that... you can start uh, firecraigbowl.com if you want after that game. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. The, this. Uh so-called preseason as we call the first uh four non-conference games uh they don't really get a break because they're going to go out to tulsa the week next and uh tulsa maybe not be doing is maybe not doing real well but we've never had very good luck in tulsa out there on the road if there's a trap game that one is it for me and just like you said jeff i have 1998 playing in my head every time i think of playing at tulsa when the bowl shirts were literally laid out on the players' chairs 
and they went out and laid the fattest egg after losing the the Mountain West title or the WAC title at the time to Air Force the week before in a 10-3 loss at War Memorial. Uh, they just they didn't show up in Tulsa. I believe it was 35 to nothing. Just just ugly. And and Wyoming didn't play well at Rice. We didn't play well at those weird whack schools that they don't have anybody in the stands and mm-hmm. had nothing to play for. It was it was brutal time. Yeah, Cody nailed it for me too. And I do remember that Tulsa game because uh, the Cowboys had that big game against Air Force and Laramie for the division title to go to Las Vegas. They dropped that and they just uh, totaled it the next week at Tulsa. But um, Tulsa is the trap game. I'm with you. When the, we, I looked at the schedule to start the year. I looked at the Missouri, you know, obviously that game start, start of the season was one that I didn't try to circle as a win. But I, I thought we could win at Texas State. I, I'm very confident with the Idaho game. And I thought the the uh, turning point game, so to speak, or the crossroad game during non-league play would be that Tulsa game. Now, we do have the Missouri win now, which kind of really sets us up potentially with that Tulsa game to go 4-0 in non-league, which would be great. But the Tulsa game is is the one that I think is really tricky on the schedule not to overlook Idaho. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We don't want to look past Idaho, but we're not playing the game. But still, uh, that's the one that, for me, uh, looms uh, the biggest fear. And that was even my biggest fear going into the uh, into the season, just looking at the schedule, uh, you know, the first four games. Uh, Missouri, well, uh, you know, we didn't know that uh, at that time that uh, the Cowboys really had a chance based on what they – they played the year before, but uh, now that's the that's the trap game for uh, the non-conference season. Uh, yeah, beating beating Missouri set all kinds of wheels in motion. That not only that, it, you know, obviously we can think about it. We don't have to think about things a game at a time. <clears throat> Wyoming better be five and zero heading into that San Diego State game, and if they are, we're talking one game away from from bowl eligibility but we're we're not even talking about that anymore we're talking about winning a winning a conference title and you know you get past a couple of those big boys and you're you're talking even bigger so uh beating missouri just set a bunch of wheels in motion and, and none of us saw it coming so it's a good thing it's a really good thing for the guys in laramie right now well it's uh so far it's a uh, good to be a wyoming cowboy fan so uh i don't want to i don't want to jinx this thing or speak out of turn or get too far ahead but um so far it, it this team this team uh, seems to me to have absorbed uh bowl's system or his his persona or his um uh characteristics i guess is what i'm trying to say uh they seem to be uh well uh, well bought into that and uh that's a good thing and uh, even though they've got some holes like um uh, Rome uh, has been injured, and then they're missing uh, um, uh, uh, one other. What's it? Uh, uh, Revolt? Um, oh God, I can't even say his name now. Uh, the one kid that uh, the defensive player that's been kind of out for the season. We're missing him. But they seem to uh, be. Oh, able- Revante Holt. Revante Holt. Excuse me. Thank you for that. Uh, they seem to be able to plug those holes, and we've we're seeing a lot of good things from young guys. So. Uh, man, it's just, it just, it doesn't, it feels kind of weird to be this positive about Wyoming football. Well, they're doing, they're doing two key fundamental things that have really stuck out to me so far, fellas, and that's, they are tackling really well. And they're not only tackling well, they are packing a punch when they get there. 
And as you know, these days in practice, you don't tackle. So that's where they've really bought into bowl system. And then the other big, big, huge thing is this offensive line has played so well. Uh, their pass protection has been phenomenal. The one sack they gave up last week was a coverage sack. It, it was not on them at all. They're opening holes. Uh, those are two key fundamental things that, as we know, a lot of Wyoming teams have not had. Um, every quarterback we've had in recent memory outside of what Josh Walworth probably has had to ad lib and run for their lives. Uh, that was the last time Wyoming really had a solid defense or a solid offensive line. And, uh, you know, those guys were all together and these guys, not, not one senior in the bunch. So this is a group that could potentially be together two, three, four years. Oh yeah. That's in addition to that, the turnovers, they, they, they have not turned yeah. the football over. Essentially they had that one at the end of the half. I don't really count them as a turnover. And they've uh, forced six, six turnovers and had a couple big plays on turnovers. So you couple in what Cody just said, uh, you're going to have a chance at about every football game you play by just doing those things correctly. Now, if they can get that passing game going, get some efficiency with that, get those receivers to catch some balls. Because, you know, uh, Chambers is throwing some nice passes. He's shown the capability to me to throw the football at times. So I'm not mm -hmm. completely doubtful that he, as he continues to progress, being a young player, a uh, young quarterback, that eventually he he will really start getting in line with the passing game and and he can throw that into the end of the game. So there's, I don't, I don't feel like this football team is necessarily certainly playing their best football, even though they had a great game against Missouri. I, I think this team can get really better as the season progresses. Well, yeah, that's a great point. They're not playing their best ball, not not even kind of. So that's uh, that's really encouraging. Well, Bowl even said that, uh, uh, you know, they beat an SEC team and they didn't even play their best game. So, I mean, that's right out of the box. So that right there makes you think, oh, yeah, potential is really high. For this team, they so. didn't play their best game, and not only that, they were waxing Missouri. They just didn't put it away. If yeah. they put that game away, they're winning by you know two, three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah that, that game should have been a three touchdown game in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. And plus, they yep. got down fourteen to nothing on top of it until well, they got that momentum going. I think they were one yep. or two first downs away. If if Sean would have gotten that first down, you know, in their last possession, if he had gotten that one. I think they would have been able to string it out uh, and at least um, uh, close off uh, one of those two touchdowns at the very least. And like you said, um, uh, come out of that thing with a couple of touchdown lead, which would have looked really even much better. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the guys are putting – other teams are putting nine, ten guys in the box because we haven't proven uh, the ability to throw the ball downfield. So – that's, in my opinion, why Sean didn't get that last first down, which would have been humongous. That would have taken, what, another two, three minutes off the clock? Oh, yeah. That would have been a done deal. Yep, yep, I think so. And it was inches, too. It wasn't wasn't that far. So, uh, yeah. it's, you know, football is a game of inches. Well, I think, uh, I think we've pretty much um, laid out uh, the coming game. Uh, one of the things that's going to happen this weekend at halftime, they're going to recognize – uh, the surviving members of the Black 14. And uh, for those of you who are a little too young, the Black 14 incident was something that happened back in October 17th of 1969. Uh, I myself personally was a freshman in high school, so this has been burned, seared into my memory. And uh, 
for those of you that weren't around that time, uh, you have to understand that Wyoming was a top 10 football team. They'd been to the Sugar Bowl uh, two seasons before that. They were completely uh, in the picture. They were in the national picture. And then this incident happened where uh, they decided, or they went to the coach and they wanted to talk about uh, protesting against BYU and their policies at the time, which were uh, rather bigoted and uh, racist, to be honest. And uh, Coach Eaton, an old-style, no BS kind of coach, just summarily kicked them off the team, which uh, just put Wyoming's program into a tailspin. Um, I know you guys are younger than me. Uh, What do you know about it, Cody? Well, I, you know, I read Ryan Thorburn's book, The Black 14, and, uh, you know, being a Cowboys fan my whole life growing up, of course, heard about it and and uh, wanted to know more about it and, and got the full info in that great book. Um, I also have been fortunate to know some players who played under Lloyd Eden who, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really mixed. Uh, some of those guys are really pissed off that uh, the guys wanted to protest in the first place. And, you know, that was a weird time in America. That was a time of protest. So uh, a lot of those guys, you know, were farm kids and tough ranch kids that played for the Cowboys that, just didn't understand it. So uh, that's kind of, that's kind of, I've kind of got it from both angles of that. And, and I'm not, I'm not political. I'm going to preface this right now. I'm not political by any means, but uh, doesn't it just, and speaking from, from a fan's point of view, doesn't it just make you furious? irate that Wyoming was a top 10 program. Then they go in the tank. BYU was a horrendous program and they went, they skyrocketed after that. That's yeah. the most disgusting part of the whole thing to me. Yeah, that was um, uh, that was that that was the entree that allowed BYU to surpass us. And uh, uh, I don't. <laughs> uh, it's just such an irritating time. But I want to say this: that uh, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, they um, they went out and uh, you know did something that they thought was um, important to them. And it was that time, it was that time of the, in our history, the, the 1969, a lot of weird things happened in the mid sixties. And uh, to be quite honest, uh, coach Eaton, Wyoming in general, just wasn't quite uh, ready for that sort of thing. You know, very conservative, uh, very sheltered, I think. And nobody really understood that there was going to there was kind of a turning or a, a change in the air. Now, uh, if I think the solution, and um, uh, Mel Hamilton told me this, he said if if they went in there and Coach Eaton would have said, "Gentlemen, you can't, uh, gentlemen, you can't protest, but if you want to, um, if you want to sit out this game and uh, uh, do whatever you're going to do." I'll allow you to come back, you know, I'll allow you to come back after that and, uh, or take a one game no suspension. Chance. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. It, but he would have never done that. But it, had he done something yeah. like that, you know, we just moved that over yeah. and gone on. Uh, but we just didn't have the mindset. Uh, coach Eaton didn't have that mindset. And, uh, to be kind of honest, he was a little, he was, well, he had, he had some bigotry in him 
you know, uh, the guys, the guys I interviewed for the um, Black 14 said that he said that he was going to send them back to the cotton fields and stuff like that, where all of these guys were urban kids. They'd never seen a cotton. <laughs> None of them ever seen a cotton field, you know, so. Uh, yeah, and, you know, not to think of this in a selfish matter, but, you know, it is a good thing that they're honoring these guys finally and having them back on campus. Maybe this is something with exercising the demons for the University of Wyoming where maybe we start to turn it around the other way and uh, going 3-0 and on Saturday would surely uh, be a good start to that. Yeah, I've uh, I talked to several of the guys. Uh, like I said, I did I did research for a um, for a screenplay that I've written about it. Uh, hasn't gone anywhere, uh, but uh, those guys, uh, a lot of them have never been back to a game. Right. You know, and so um, uh, Mel. Well, Han- maybe you asked him, Jeff. One of the things. Sorry to interrupt you. The one of the things I wanted to ask the guys, but unfortunately was sick this week and missed the media thing. But uh, did the, were any of these guys still Wyoming fans when they left? Did any of them still follow the team? Did any of them care? Did you know? I know that's kind of goofy, but it's something I've always kind of been interested in. I think that um, uh, uh, Mel Hamilton. You know, he uh, he lived in Casper. He's still up in Casper. He went into the Casper uh, school. Uh, he came back. Mm-hmm. By the way, he was allowed yeah. to come back, uh, and uh, so he finished his degree here. And uh, he said he's been keeping an eye on it. He's aware of what's been going on, but never really had a desire to come down. He's one of the ones, I think, that that had come down for a game or two. But um, I don't think a lot of them, um, a lot of them had a bad taste. I mean, um, uh, it was traumatic. Uh, They uh, all had dreams. Uh, One of them told me that... uh, uh, Probably half of them could have made the NFL uh, had they uh, uh, had they gone through uh, this. A lot of them uh, became uh, untouchable. A lot of schools wouldn't have them after this. Um, uh, one of them, and now my uh, his name escapes me, but he ended up playing for the Redskins and having a really good. Uh, uh, Probably uh, McGee. McGee, that yeah, right? McGee. That was, uh, yeah, uh, th- I believe that's the one. He had a a really good uh, career uh, in the NFL. So um, it really impacted their lives. And, and, uh, and so I can understand their, their bitterness about it, but hopefully, uh, well, they've been back several times for seminars and stuff over the years. In fact, we've got a, uh, we've got a memorial uh, in the basement of the um, uh, student union. If you've seen it, uh, which marks the Black 14 thing, uh, but now they're going. To, they're going to dedicate a plaque to the uh, uh, Black 14 at one of the entrances. I think is what they said. So, um, and as we speak, as we're doing this podcast, PBS Wyoming is streaming a um, a live um, conference or discussion on the Black 14. So I would have liked to have seen that, but we're doing this. So. We'll have to catch the we'll have to catch the recording. So, anyway, that'll be interesting, and I uh, I hope that comes all right. Uh, I hope there's I don't know how to say this sensitive uh, sensitively or whatever. I hope there's no one fan that feels the need to boo. I just hope that doesn't happen. I don't see that happening. I know I know some older Wyoming fans that are still really bitter about the fourteen guys. 
Um, but I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see any booing whatsoever. I'd, I'd be really shocked. Yeah. That's, that's the only one thing that, uh, uh, worries me about this. I really hope that we embrace these guys and bring them back in the fold and, and, and really repair that little, that big glitch in our program that really, um, well, one of the things that, uh, and Thornburg said, said this in his book, I believe, and, just about the time Wyoming was like a lot of Northern schools were benefiting on recruiting black players from the South because the South wasn't playing them. They weren't allowed to play on their own teams. So uh, those guys were going to Northern schools and beating the crap out of the Southern schools with their own players and bear Bryant. Yeah. yeah, I covered Michigan state before I came back here and Michigan state was a huge beneficiary of, some of the greatest black players to ever come out of the South. And, uh, and they're, they're very proud of that at Michigan state and, and they should be. And so bear Bryant, uh, he, uh, supposedly, um, got a deal going with, uh, John Robinson at USC to do a home and home, uh, because there was a lot of Alabama players on that USC team. And he finally demonstrated they, they got waxed. Going out to Los Angeles, they got waxed when uh, USC came and played him, and he made the argument: "Look, boys, we're getting we're getting killed by our own people," and mm-hmm. that's when the light bulb went on. That uh, you know, hey, uh, this is stupid. So finally, Alabama came along, and then they're the ones that led the rest of the Southeast Conference and a lot of the Southern schools uh, back to sanity and uh, start uh, using their own guys. You know. And, that, yeah, and you can't forget about BYU's revelation and now they can play there. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had it's, amazing. <laughs> yeah. The, the BYU thing is just that I know I'm probably not thinking of the right things here. Like I said, I'm not political, but the fact that they became a powerhouse and claimed to have won a national title in 1984 is just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> that they, um, the guys on the Black 14 uh, uh, in the interviews I did, uh, one of the impetuses for the protest was a lot of those guys were sophomores, and they had played. Uh, they had freshman football back in those days. It, uh, you couldn't be on the varsity as a freshman. You only started as a sophomore. So the freshman team uh, went to uh, BYU the year before, and uh, a lot of... Um, racial slurs and a lot of cheap shots in that game. And uh, just as soon as they left the field, BYU started sprinkling the field. And the their impression was they were washing the field down after the guys had played there. And so they were really bitter about BYU. And so coming around the next year, uh, the uh, uh, they were certainly upset about it. And... Uh, um, so, uh, that was part of it. And then the black, uh, uh, student Alliance, the black, uh, student group, uh, uh, influenced them. Uh, so, uh, it was just that time, man. And it was just, we were just caught in that vice of, you know, that the time of the day of the times that were going on then. So very sad, but hopefully, uh, Saturday, uh, we can, we can, uh, uh, take another step to put that chapter behind us and move on to bigger and better things. So, gentlemen, with that, uh, with that uh, uh, saying, 
Uh, you know what I do when it uh, comes to the end. You know me. I want to make sure that um, uh, I end this thing on a good note here. So I reach over here. There we go. Ah, yes. So there we have it. Another Cowboy Roundtable. I've been your host, Jeff Fry. We've had Cody Tucker from 7220 Sports and Ian McMacken, the uh, publisher of Go Y.O. Go. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for showing uh, up and discussing Wyoming football. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jeff. Appreciate it, man, always. Yeah, thank you, Jeff and uh, Cody, for joining us again on this uh on this broadcast, and uh, look forward to uh, looking forward to the Cowboys going to three and zero this weekend. Yeah, we'll see you on Saturday. All right, that's what we uh, that's what we like is to get her going, you know. So, there you have it. The Cowboy Roundtable, number two for 2019. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. We want to thank Cody Tucker, Ian McMacken, and we'll be back next week. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.